This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Before My Time. I am your host, Gelsey Laurie, and we are joined by Matt Kelly, our friend, co-host, and producer. I like how I just call you a friend all the time. Our friend, because you are, Matt. All right, we are talking about the Titanic. That's right. I'm taking on the monstrous beast itself. Let's dive into this. (laughs) See what I did there? the distance and spaces between us you have come to show you go on we're here to entertain you we'll sing your song So come on, sing along. All right, Gelsey, you have been pitching that we talk about the Titanic for quite a bit. I think it actually got a re-release this February. So it did. It's like not? in the theaters right now. Yeah, so let's talk about it. Tell me about I- the Titanic. <laughs> yeah, we're not we're not really going to talk too much about the Titanic and the icebergy whoopsie. I mean, a little bit. There's, you know me. I'm like, we're going to s- focus on this thing, and then I'm going to throw random facts at you just because I think they're interesting. But Is this going to be like the Howard Hughes episode all over again? <laughs> it's the Howard Hughes episode. All- oh, actually, my coffee is steeping right now, so we're not quite to that level. But uh, maybe by the end of this episode, I'll be like. Ah! Okay, but I wanted to focus more on the building of the Titanic. We always talk about the destruction. Why not focus on the creation? All right. 
I'm, I'm into it. Okay, yeah. let's talk about it. The idiots who built it. Okay. So it was a warm <laughs> summer's evening of 1907, and managing director of White Star Line, Bruce Ismay, and senior partner and chairman of the shipyard, Harland and Wolf, Lord Pierre, conspired to build a ship bigger and better than its rival company, the Cunard Line. See how prepared I was? God, I sound Look like that. Look at that. Was so you nice. crushed I that. I know. All right. So, Home yeah. It- out of the park. <laughs> And just cut it there. People will just listen to that. They'll be like, that was so good. That No, so basically the Titanic was, it was 1907 and White Star Line wanted to compete with its rival company, Cunard, who had not only the largest ships, but the um, Cunard had two ships called the Lustiana, which was renowned for her luxury, and then the Mar- Maritania. What? Like, can we get simpler names, you guys? Held the unofficial record for the fastest crossing of the Atlantic, which was a record that doesn't get beaten until 1929. So um, White Star decides not necessarily to attempt to compete on speed, but rather build larger and more luxurious ships than those ships. And there are three ships that get commissioned for this rivalry competition. My dick is bigger than your dick kind of a that's basically what's happening here and the three ships are the olympic the titanic and where the hell is the third name the mayflower and the may <laughs> <laughs> the white star line decided to make not just one ship but three ships to compete their rival company and they went out what's the word for it i said uh, commissioned there you go commissioned the titanic the britannic and the Olympics. So three ships were put out for that commission because one is not enough. So work began in December 1907 on the first of the three, the Olympic. And the Olympic Titanic, they were built side by side, but they were so large. I mean, this actually the Titanic was the largest man-made thing ever made to that point. So that's a pretty big deal back in early 1900s. But because it was so large and this was, um, the shipyards almost weren't made for this, they had to build a gantry first to build the ships. And it was the largest gantry pretty much ever built. It was 228 feet tall. And that starts the Titanic construction on March 31st, 1909. The hull of the ship, it took, gosh, 26 months to build in total from keel to launch. And approximately 14,000 men were employed during those 26 months for various jobs. The average hours worked per week on the shipyard were 49 hours per week. And the weekly uh, weekly wage of a construction worker was about two pounds for the week. Okay. And they worked six days a week. So yeah, it was a uh, it was a lot and they didn't get a lot of money. But, you know, different times. But it did take um, – so it took over one year to fully frame the Titanic. The steel plates were set first and then um, – sorry, the, the frame was put and then the steel plates were riveted to the frame. There were more than three million rivets held on the Titanic to hold the steel in place. And then on October 10th? October 1910, the shell plating was complete. But the thing is, is that unlike many ships built at that time, which used strong steel rivets, those in the Titanic were mix of iron and steel, whilst even weaker iron rivets were used at the construction of the bow, which was the section of the ship that got struck by the iceberg. So don't cheap out. Use the strong shit. Like It's funny. I actually went to um, Belfast. A Ireland and I went to they have a Titanic museum there and the reason when I got I never thought about like the idea you know because we think about the 
luxury, the decadence of the Titanic, and then most famously, of course, the sinking and Jack dying and not fitting on the door, which is fucking bullshit. But we never think about the construction of it. And I never would have until I went to this museum in Belfast and they had this little like amusement ride almost. And it was like these little buggies that you go through and there's animatronics and it was a ride showing, like talking about the building. And I was blown away and I was like, I never thought about this part. And it talks about like, it had like a little animatronic guy like in the dark, like banging a rivet in and said that like a lot of the workers ended up going deaf due to this project because they're just banging against steel, which it's funny. I mean, it's not funny, but years ago I was in Florida and I was helping a friend remove floors from her condo. And I had this like big steel like pick to go under the wood floors and a hammer. And I was hammering it in to get out. And it took me about halfway through the room that I was like, I'm literally blowing out my eardrums. It was really bad and I could tell it was damaging. So I was like putting, I started putting a towel over to muffle. It doesn't matter. But taking that now to the nth degree of 3 million rivets needing to be banged into the ship yeah that's a lot and it and that noise but then also there's no light and so like when they're going into the ship the electric and nothing's put in yet so they're in these like dark tunnels with maybe like a candle flashlight kind of thing just banging away like how miserable yeah i think of um my my dad recently has gotten really uh obsessed with the molly mcguires i'm not sure how familiar you are with them or or anything but it was like an irish like an irish mob in the movie they were all they were all coal miners and it was like the first time that i ever really thought about when they're down there they're wearing these hats that have just like an elongated front to it with a candle and that's it and there's no other light that's terrifying that's horrible like i was like that is so creepy and scary to me same with like the caverns like have you ever visited like any caverns or i went to like merrimack caverns and outside of st louis and um that's the same where you see these beautiful and there's a stalagmites and stalactites, but they have all the railing and the paths they've built and the lighting. That's all beautiful to make it blue. And but I was like, someone had to come into this cave when it was in its natural state of pitch black and explore yeah. it with like one single light. Fuck no, no, thank nope. you. Yep, not a not chance. Job for me. Here's the thing I want to know about the Titanic. I'm okay. very curious about this. The big, I don't know if it's the the joke, but like. The thing that people remember is essentially that this ship sank on its very first voyage and that it was Mm -hmm. being advertised as the unsinkable ship. What made them so confident that this ship was unsinkable when it also sounds like, as you've already told us, they were using the cheap rivets and stuff on it? Yeah, um, I'm going to go with the start being cockiness. Okay. But, oh God. Like, do you think that they truly believed it was unsinkable or do you think that that Uh was like a a selling point for them? Both. Okay. I I a thousand percent think it was both because um, even, I mean, now this is more prices. When it first sank and they released press and newspaper, they said that no, there were no casualties is how it was first released to the press. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, Yeah, definitely. There was not only true. fifty over... people on the ship, thankfully. There yeah, was exactly. Of... Yeah, fifteen over fifteen hundred people died. Yeah. 
Um, okay, no, 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 so no. right here Fake is news. your answer. I have your answer. The Titanic was claimed to be virtually unsinkable due to its watertight construction. It had 15 watertight bulkheads that divided the ship into 16 compartments. The thought was that if the four smaller compartments flooded, the boat could still float. However, the bulkheads only reached about 10 feet above the waterline, allowing water to reach from one compartment to the other, thus defeating the purpose of the bulkheads. So their whole design was just a fail. Okay. So, But it, they thought it was a watertight ship. And again, I think it was just the whole point of them building the ship was a literally, again, I said it is a my dick is bigger than your dick kind of a competition. And when you're going in with that, no pun intended, cockiness, um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know, I think you're you're kind of tooting your own horn. You think this is going to be great and you don't even oversight the what ifs because you just already, you know, I'm all about faith, trust, and pixie dust here, folks, but also reality check <laughs> shit happens. I've never heard to... that before. I'm going to use that all the time. <laughs> what? From Peter Van? Faith. Faith, faith, trust, and pixie dust. I've never. Yeah, heard that. that's all you need. That's all you need to fly. All you need is a little faith and trust. Oh, and dust. I forgot. Just a oh. little bit of pixie dust. You always. I watch. I, I guess I've never heard it said so confidently. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a very confident person selling you a bunch of bullshit. So, all of you that are Welcome listening right now, you're like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> Signing off right now. She's selling us shit, just like they sold the Titanic to a lot of people with a lot of money. They were like. <laughs> Um, okay, so yeah, they we all know they fucked up. But um, so the Titanic visually, we know it has four smokestacks or funnels, but only three actually carried smoke from the furnaces. The fourth uh, was said to be for ventilation, but it was actually just aesthetic purposes. So when they were building it and had those plans, they were like, we only need three. And then the owners were like, no, but all the luxurious ships have four. People won't trust it if there's only three. And they're like, okay, we can just put one here. That does nothing. So not all of the smokestacks were actually operational. Some things are just for looksies. Well, thank and God they did it just for looksies because that really changed the results maybe, of everything. Maybe if they didn't have that bullshit smokestack, they wouldn't have sank. Yeah. Just throwing that out there. There's a lot of things that could have happened if they didn't do bullshit. Starting with money. Let's talk about how much the Titanic cost to build. So yeah, after it sank, there was kind of an inquiry. And uh, Bruce Ismay stated that the Titanic was just a bit over $7 million. So $7,500,000 is like the ish-nish number. And based on inflammation and modern-day exchange rates, this would put it at about $166 million, which ironically, is less than it cost the making of the 1997 movie Titanic, which was wow. $200 million. Wow. So it cost more money to make the movie than it actually did to build the Titanic. There you go. Just, just James Cameron just signing checks. He's like, I know what I'm doing. I, actually, there's. I don't want to go too much into it, and I don't have the facts up in front of me, but if you Google, there's like Reddit accounts and this, that. There's some really fun articles that are like, random facts about the making of Titanic. And there's some really interesting stuff like a lot of like the, he actually made them sit in cold, freezing cold water. The water that they like built these huge, this big pool to film everything was really cold. And so the scene where Kate Winslet gets in, I think she has the ax in her hand and she's going to save Jack when he's locked up. God, I haven't watched this in forever, but she gets into the water and she like screams um, which you totally, it works. You're like, great acting. It's so cold. That was very real. They were like, that was actually her reaction to getting into that freezing water. Oh. And everyone on the set are all the actors under their costumes that were in the water for long periods of time. The set, they all wore wetsuits, but Kate Winslet was the only one that didn't. She did end up getting really sick. 
because yeah. cold water is stupid. Like you can't – I think I read um, – no, I did read that the water when it did sink was 28 degrees. Obviously, most of the deaths cause, were caused by hypothermia. And according to the American Red Cross, a water temperature of 79 degrees can lead to death after prolonged exposure. Jesus. While 50 degrees can cause death in an hour and 30 degrees can be lethal in 15 minutes. So they were in 28. I mean, they were dead very quickly because it's, I mean, yeah. which, thank God, kill me now. Like, don't make me sit in this and be miserable if, if I'm going to die. But that's that's crazy. I didn't realize that even like 50 degrees can kill you in an hour. But you also have to think about like yeah, like obviously the people in the water almost instantaneously. Even the people in the lifeboats, you've got to imagine if the water temperature is that low no, and you're surrounded freezing. by icebergs, it's got to be fucking freezing, and you're not prepared to have to jump ship on the unsinkable ship. I know so, like, it's crazy. Well, speaking of ice all around, you're not wrong about this, and this is where folks, I like to jump around on my facts, but they're interesting, and you're learning something new. I am a walking Snapple fact, but the number of iceberg warnings they received that day were six. Jesus. Which um, so. from other ships in the area on April fourteenth, and so they three just, messages. The cockiness was on off the charts with. This. I know three three messages from the SS California in a small steamer ship that had stopped approximately nineteen miles from the luxury ship. The final warning was sent at eleven p.m. and they sent, "We are stopped and surrounded by ice." Yeah, it's it's nuts to think that. Um, and I have some. Okay, but I'll, I'll get back to these. But let me finish out on the. Um, so I said there's a lot of uh, injuries. There were over 200 and I think over 250 injuries while building the Titanic and eight men died in the building. But did you know that there was an unwritten expectation in shipyards at the time that there was a expected to have like one death for every 100,000 pounds spent? So at a building cost of 1.5 pounds, you know, 1.5, uh, whatever, you know what I mean? The Titanic toll would have been around 15 expectation. So the eight was less than expected, but it's kind of shitty. They, they just expect that, but you know, Insane. when in the early 1900s, again, I'm glad yeah, to be dude. alive today. It yeah. was uh, May 1911 <laughs> that the Titanic was released from its dry dock and the interior work began. So when I actually, my final cruise ship that I worked on for Celebrity Cruises was the Reflection when I joined the ship, it was a brand new one. So we we're doing the inaugural for sailing this, that we got flown to the ship while it was in dry dock. So it was the frame and everything was done and it would have been no, 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 no. Sorry. We, the, the ship was out of dry dock, which means it's out of the water. We met the ship when it just left dry dock. So when I was on the ship, we were one or two months in a port called Umshaven. There's nothing there. It's literally like a boat town for, there was like one bar people went to. Um, and we called it church. And um, I saw the ship being built. Like we'd be in the theater all day rehearsing the shows. And if we weren't rehearsing the shows, we were in safety trainings. Because if the ship goes down, it's basically entertainment that's going to save you. FYI. <laughs> they were building, like we would go into the atrium of this giant cruise ship and there was no staircase. And then two days later, you'd go in and there was a staircase. So I was watching, you know, you would just see chairs lined up with plastic. And it was kind of cool to see these like major cruise lines. Like it kind of be built of on the inside and carpet being laid down and it was it was crazy but speaking of i'll kind of go into my random little facts of uh, a major cruise line versus the titanic so at the time you know the titanic was the biggest it was most luxurious but it stood um a width of 92 feet 
92 feet. An average modern ship today is 119 feet. And the Symphony of the Seas, which is one of Royal Caribbean's big ass fuck you ships, is 137 feet wide. All right. Got it. It's crazy. I'm looking at a picture right now where they like literally show them next to each other and you're like, so the height, the Titanic is 104 feet tall. A modern luxury ship today is 196 feet tall. And a ship like the Symphony of the Seas, the big fuck off ship, is 230 feet tall. So it's more than double the height of the Titanic. There were eight decks on the Titanic and there's 16 on these like mega cruise ships. So we Which, haven't gotten away from our uh, hubris and cockiness. We've absolutely just gotten a not. Little no, bit it's more well, there was two thousand, oh, a little over twenty four hundred passengers on the Titanic. Passengers and nine hundred crew. The Symphony of the Seas, jumping to like the big fuck off ship, is over fifty five hundred passengers and twenty two hundred crew. And I always Jeez. said, like, when I was working, I was more on like the medium size, like three thousand passengers, twelve hundred crew is the the average modern ship, and that's kind of give or take the ships I worked on were the size. But even those ships, I looked around and I was like, if this goes down, we're fucked. Like there are too many people to navigate. And I've been on one of those lifeboats for a drill. You do not, not want to be on one of those and out at sea for a day, even an hour. I'm like, everyone would throw up and you're literally stacked like sardines on, like your feet are dangling over someone else's body. So if I got seasick, I would throw up on somebody and you, and you're like encased. It's not open like the Titanic oldie timesy boats. There's actually like a, like it's like a little tube, like you're encased in it in case the waves are so they would, you know, if you're in the middle of the ocean, it would go over so that they're designed to be able to tumble and kind of keep everyone alive, but you're not going to not be covered in throw up and it's going to smell awful. And literally, I think I would rather be the person that jumps off and gets hit by the propeller and dies. That's my <laughs> thoughts on it. So anyways, you know, obviously the luxury was no joke. That's kind of what they were striving for was just how fancy we can make it. But third class was just not a problem of theirs and not a concern. And there were 700 third class passengers and they had to share two bathtubs. The entire, oh. isn't that like, I mean, I know it wasn't like as like cool to take baths every day maybe then, but talk about stinky. 700 passengers shared two bathtubs. If I have to share one bathtub with one person, I'm like, this is a problem. Yeah. No, I, I am, uh, I'm not a good person to have like, how do I wear this? If someone was to spend the night at my house, I very frequently am like, there's an upstairs bathroom for you because like, I'm not great at, at sharing that space anymore. Like that is, that is my little get away from everyone else sanctuary. Yeah. <laughs> yes. The shower is my me time. And I grew up sharing a shower. My sister and I shared a bathroom, which I, with her, I can do it. Like, you know, it's like, if I'm really close, but 700 strangers. Yeah. Like, how does that work? Was there a little like clipboard sign up sheet? Yeah. It hits that point too, where it's like, look, I can handle my gross shit, but I don't need to know about anybody else's gross shit. In oh, the shower. That I've is... done communal bathrooms and like dormitory style living. And it's, I yeah, it's really great. literally was like, I think I'm about to kill myself right now. This is the grossest thing. Anyways, let's talk about the icebergs again. So we know that because of the movie, you know, he's like, the two lookouts are up there and they spot the iceberg and it's way too late. They had to rely on their eyesight alone because the ship's binoculars were locked inside a cabinet and no one could find the key. That's actually what happened were. on the Titanic because why wouldn't they? And so the two lookouts that were there were Frederick Fleet and uh, Reginald Lee didn't have access to the binoculars. So there's a huge theory that that's one of the reasons. The ship's second officer was replaced at the last minute and forgot to hand off the key to the locker that housed the ship's binoculars. So they did resurface at an auction in 2010 and they were sold for over $130,000. P 
people buy stupid shit. They're like, I have the original. You're like, for that much money, who the fuck cares? Yeah. Yeah. I could buy a pair for $10, throw them in the pool for a couple of days, and then be like, see, it's the authentic. I know, right? Ones. And I know Frederick Fleet did survive. And I think he was in his six, or it was in the six. No, when did he? He ended up killing himself, but it was after his wife died. But I'm sure the guilt that he held yeah. in his life was not. I mean, talk about survivor's guilt. Let's talk about this other woman. Like I said, this now has nothing to do with the building. These are just r- random facts that I actually never knew before um, <laughs> that I was like, I have to talk about this. So a woman who survived the Titanic's sinking later survived the sinking of another ship, the Britannic. So that's I right, folks. I don't know folks. why I know that fact. I've heard this fact before. This is insane. So the <laughs> one of there's the three ships they built. Two of them sank. So this woman, Violet Jessup, was a stewardess nurse on the Titanic. She was 25 when she survived the sinking of the Titanic. She was instructed to get into a lifeboat while the ship was going down to show women that the lifeboats were safe. So lucky her. They were like, help out. So undeterred by this maritime tragedy, she began to work on the Britannic dubbed the Titanic II by the media until it came across a mine that had been planted by a German U-boat in 1916. That ship also sang and she escaped again, but this time with a serious head injury that would affect her for the rest of the li- her life, which of course we all know I've had a lot of brain injuries and that one hit me. I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. So do you got any more Titanic facts for us? Fuck yeah, you know I do. Well, speaking of more <laughs> ships sinking, so those two ships sink. So the the ship that SS Californian is known for having been near the Titanic when it sank and not coming to its aid until it was too late. And so actually the SS California was the one that was like, hey, we're stopped and surrounded by ice. And then um, they sank two, three years later. <laughs> of, of course they did. All these Man, ships were just sinking. This, this is why I have never been on a cruise ship. But ships they don't seem- sink like they used to. I know they don't like they used to. And it's not even a fear of sinking. Here's what I'm saying. If my plane gets grounded, you know, what I mean, they're like, "Hey, we got it. We got to we got to stop. We got some issues. We're going to we're going to touch ground for a little bit. Whatever." Whenever there's an issue on a ship, it is like stories of people like shitting out of windows <laughs> in the boat. Well, I was like, going to say your number one fear of a cruise ship and why you shouldn't go on one is GI gastrointestinal. Um that's Yeah, like it's just one. like Not it doesn't that, but that's the biggest problem of I've I've had it twice and it's awful and they sh- you get quarantined to your room they go on different codes there's like code orange code red and code red is no one can serve themselves at the buffet crew that have chances to go up to guest areas cannot we have to go in sanitization even the guests can't you can't serve yourself like everything is like on protocol and everyone's just in the room throwing up like crazy if not yeah. throwing up you have bad diarrhea but That's what i mean it's just if there's if you feel sick on a plane it's like in eight hours you're you're on ground like dealing but with at least that. you have like a bad you're like in you sick and bad like i don't know yeah. but do you know what the number one threat to a cruise ship is what is the number one threat to a cruise ship fire that's the absolute most dangerous thing that could happen on a ship is a fire. Gotcha. Yeah, we take our fire very seriously here. And if you're ever on a cruise ship, we have certain calls that then like the safety captain or captain will call over and they do three calls and they're universal across all ships. And the fire call is if they go, bravo, 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 deck yeah. five, port side, midship. And they're always like either Greek or Italian. That's why. And so if you well, hear a bravo love- call, bravo, 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 you should be scared. That's yeah, unless they go, this fire. is a drill. I repeat, this is a drill. They do that a lot. Too. And then you're like, oh, <laughs> I, uh, I love that you're telling me that 
the most dangerous thing on a ship is fire. And yeah, I'm pretty ice. sure that, well, I was going to say, oh. I'm pretty sure that literally every single commercial I've ever seen for a cruise ship when they say like, and our amazing cuisine is like some dude like stir frying shit with like a <laughs> the kitchen. Plate. That's, a, that's <laughs> yeah. most of the time the fires are in the kitchen and they have a, I mean, the safety training that we all have to go through, let alone, I'm sure the people, once you're working in a kitchen, they have a whole nother and there's a fire team and like, there's tons of, they happen, but um, it's so true. That's so. I thought you were going to be like, I'm saying fire is the most dangerous thing, yet it was ice that got the Titanic. No, I just, I think about that all the time in the commercial because it's not even just like, oh, they're sitting there. It is like a shot of, it's always like a stir fry shot with a huge flame yeah, in the not, kitchen. That's not good. That's not good. <laughs> I do want to, I do want to go back to the SS California sinking though, too. It's kind of understandable why it sank. It sank in, it sank in November 1915 and it was torpedoed by a German submarine during World War One. So okay. same with like the um, little different Britannic but, like. hit a mine that was put by, you know, they were kind of war sinkages. Um, but get this. Okay. This one tripped me out. There was a novella called Futility that was published 14 years before the Titanic set sail and literally predicted the disaster. It was written by American author Morgan this. Robertson. Yes. Yeah. Published in 1898, 14 years before the sale of Titanic. And it was centered around the sinking of a fictional ship called the Titan. and. The first, obviously the ship, Titan, Titanic, is like crazy. They were so close. They were almost the same size. They both sank in April due to an iceberg and were both described as unsinkable ships and sadly both had just over the legal uh, amount requirements of lifeboats, which is not enough. But isn't that crazy? And the author was accused of being a psychic, but he simply said that the uncanny similarities were simply the product of his extensive knowledge saying, I know what I'm writing about. That's all. Damn, yeah. that's like scary accurate though. To be like, it was April, it was an iceberg on the Titan. Yeah. Like that, I was like, I don't know. I think you saw the feature. I mean, it, it honestly could be. I could see him if he's like worked around people who build ships for a long time, being like, I know the fucking hubris of these people. Yeah, they're not gonna have life boats. They're gonna yeah, they're not gonna have a life lifeboats. They're gonna shit. They're gonna ride this thing when they shouldn't. They're gonna not think about icebergs as a potential threat. Like you know, like the fact that it's called the Titan and it was the Titan is the weird part. And the unless that's unless the flip side is that the people who built the Titanic read that book and were like. The fuck, the fuck you say? You you think this thing's gonna sink? We'll we'll take the name and add ick at the back. <laughs> Titan ick. <laughs> um, my sister and I side note little story time. We used to play this game uh, in the pool. Where we'd have those like old school blue rafts, and she'd be like, "Hello, everybody, welcome on to the Titanic." And we would like play Titanic, but she would call it the Titanic. She's like, "We are ladies here, and we have tits, not ties." So we would board the Titanic. And then we would push out and go to the middle of the pool and then we would yell iceberg or something and then we would start singing the music to Titanic and both roll into the middle of the mat so that it like sunk in there and then we would roll off the side. And that was how we, she'd be like, want to play Titanic? I'm all, yeah. And that's, that was the game. Oh, so strange. <laughs> so weird. I know it's so funny though. I can't wait after this. I can't wait to text my sister that. Um, <laughs> did you know? To be like, I talked about the Titanic on my uh, podcast. She'll be like, ooh, she'll probably, I don't know. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I did not know this either, that part of where the Titanic was built is now a, a movie studios. Oh. And it was first used in 2007 for the filming City of Ember. I don't know. It was a TV show, the, probably BBC. And it uh, part of Game of Thrones was filmed there. 
Wow. Okay. I know. It's literally called Titanic Studios Incorporated Paint Hole. <laughs> well, I was like, well, well shit. <laughs> All right. This is my last little random fun fact that has it just no rhyme or reason. But there was a group of people. They called them oh, – I, I forget what they called them. But some people bought tickets and didn't actually board the Titanic and never took the voyage, thank God. And two of the men that were part of that group were Milton Hershey and J.P. Morgan. Oh. I know. And thank God. Well, J.P. Morgan, maybe whatever. But Milton Hershey, thank God. Yeah. All that great yeah. chocolate. I know. <laughs> Augustus Gloop would have never died, but... Uh... <laughs> What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. At maximum mediocrity, people say things like, I don't dress like this on the regular basis. This isn't my, you know, pooping uniform. This is not what <laughs> And they also say things like, the, the nurses are usually either angels of mercy or whores. Every episode is a new experience where you get to know people that aren't famous, but should be. Why am I facing Floyd Mayweather in the Woods. My co-host Morgan and I track down the people you didn't know you needed to hear from. It's like hot sex in a mug. We are the Maximum Mediocrity Podcast, and we are on all major podcasting platforms. We'll be waiting for you. I always hear these, like, people who are like, we're going to rebuild the Titanic, or like, Why? a remodel of the Titanic is set to, you know, supposed to set sail. And I'm torn because, A... It's just like, why? Why would you challenge that fate? But then you've also taught us that, like, all things considered, the Titanic, if they rebuilt it to its exact dimensions, would probably be a much smaller, safer would be very, ship than what people it are It would be for one now. of those, like, luxury, like, river cruise liners, which, don't get me wrong, that's, like, my dream. I really could care less to ever take a cruise again for obvious reasons, but the smaller luxury river cruise lines like the viking ships or a nile cruise like dying yeah. to do that but i feel like that would be like where the titanic needs to go and also if they're doing it like exactly replica do you know how much space would be wasted with just third class passenger like two bathtubs yeah. come on guys and i'm sure they're yeah. like well that they're yeah they'll put the crew down there is what they'll do because we basically i basically lived like a third class passenger on my ship <laughs> but steerage that's, I, and you know that they would charge so much more for that ship than any other they thing because it'd be so much fucking money because yeah. people want. Well, have you heard that thing? My mom was telling me about it. Actually, they have this ball. It's this like steel ball, this crazy thing that's like air pressure, oxygen, whatever. They have to do science, and it it. I think you pay like five hundred thousand dollars, and it can t it takes you down to see the actual Titanic. See, as cool that's, as that would be, no, that's I would... dumb. 
I mean, it's dumb. I would like to see. I like watching documentaries that they just show us what's down there. But, but I don't I'd need be to like, go. do you know how scary the that filmmaker, is? That's the so film deep. watcher in me would be like, I'd be the one where we're like, uh oh, we can't figure out how to bring this back to the surface. <laughs> Have fun living there forever now. Bye. And then they just like sail off and leave me. It's 13,000 um, feet down. Like, uh, and when she told me that, oh, I was like, oh. that's not, I was like, that's not possible to get a human down there but she was like tell me i don't know and it, it did they didn't she, this woman was like uh, like it's my dream and she did it but then they didn't actually make it they got like 30 feet down and we're like we're having a failure and i was like no shit and i was like yeah. that's so funny they got 30 feet because i've the deepest i've gone scuba diving is 110 feet deep and i was like i went down further than they got in this fancy ball <laughs> with just my tank on my back with my the little fancy flippers ball. <laughs> that's the what they call ball. it <laughs> it's like five, it, I forget how much she said that they were charging. It was, it wasn't like, oh, I mean, I guess that'd be cool. It was just like, how could you ever spend that money? Like, I would much rather go to the moon or the space station. Well, like, look, we've already heard space. about you going to space. We we know <laughs> that's been space. from like episode three. You have wanted to, to go to space. So, we, all right. Well, Gelsey, if people think that we're in the wrong and that paying an astronomical <laughs> amount of money to go underwater to see some really disintegrated rubble of the titanic uh where can they tell us how wrong we are yeah tell us how wrong we are you idiots on instagram you can find us at before my time underscore podcast or on facebook just search before my time will pop up right on our wall send us a dm comment on our posts let us know how wrong we are or let us know if you're enjoying what you hear if you have any recommendations or things you want to hear about in future episodes let us know there as well and if you're really bored right now why don't you just hit those five stars and if you're really bored, you want to give us a review, it would be very much appreciated. That helps us get into the listeners' ears of more people just like you that like to hear me talk about random shit for no reason. Yay! All right, see you guys next time. Have a great day. Bye. What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. 
If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 